0: for just a few moments and I realize my time is limited today I do want to take you back to the book of 2nd Chronicles the 29th chapter I began a few Sunday a couple of Sundays ago preaching from this text and I would like to go back there today and just rehearse a few things with you move a little further along Second Chronicles chapter 29, verse number 1 said, Hezekiah began to reign when he was 5 and 20 years old. And he reigned 9 and 20 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David, his father, had done. And in his first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. And he brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them together in the, to the east street and said unto them, Hear me, you Levites, and sanctify now yourselves. Sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers and carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place. For our fathers have trespassed and done that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord our God and have forsaken and have turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and turned their backs. Also, they have shut up the doors of the porch, put out the lamps, and have not burned incense nor offered burnt offerings in the holy place, Unto the God of Israel. And he goes on in verse 8 and 9. To tell them the reason that they are in the condition that they are in right now. Is because of what he has just described to them. The shutting of the doors of the house of God. And putting out the lamps. Turning the lights out in that nation. Had brought them very low. And I began to speak to you a few weeks ago about turning the light up and I want to continue in that vein this morning. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Remind you this morning that Hezekiah was the son of a man by the name of Ahaz. Ahaz, if you read the scripture, you will find that it is noted of him that he did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not follow in the steps of his father David. Something about Ahaz that did not want what uh, he had been given and what had been passed down to him from David who had been the restorer of Israel. He had brought them back to prominence. He had been the king ...to this day that they still consider to be the greatest king of all of Israel. But Ahaz, he didn't want to have anything to do with that. And so he turned his back on God and he turned his back on the, the temple and the worship that went on there. And he turned out the lights in the temple. And when he took Israel back into darkness... Everything that David had overcome in his reign and all of the enemies that David had put at bay, they began to resurrect themselves and become very prominent factors in in the lives of God's people again. Ahaz was one of those men that uh, was so stubborn in his rebellion that even when things got worse, he did not turn to seek after the Lord. When things were at their worst, the Bible said that he even did worse uh, in that context. And when I got to looking back at Ahaz, I was reminded this week of something that I had preached from a few months back, maybe a couple of years ago. And so I went back, and sure enough, this is the same Ahaz that in the book of Kings it records that he took down the labor the washing labor that was in the temple for part of the worship sacrament and he put it down on ground level in other words he he de-elevated the importance of that part of their worship that they didn't need that altar in their life they didn't need that labor for washing any longer and the Bible said that when he was in Damascus, he saw an altar there to the heathen gods of the, 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 those men and women of that country. And he, he fell in love with that altar and he sent back his workers. He wanted to duplicate that altar. He wanted that altar back in, in Jerusalem to become part of their new Form of worship. The thing that I discovered about that altar is that there was no blood on that altar. The altar that had been in the temple and had been part of the tabernacle from its beginning was an altar that was consecrated by the blood of animals that were brought yearly as sacrifices to the Lord. But Ahaz didn't want any part of a bloody religion anymore and so he distances himself from anything that has to do with blood and he introduces to Israel a new altar. An altar where you don't have to bring a sacrifice. You can come any way you want to come. You can do it any way you want to do it. There's nothing that would eliminate anyone from coming to this altar. You, you don't have to sacrifice to come and worship at this place. And that was the idea that he gave to Israel. Was that that old way of thinking was outdated and it was untimely. And now we've got a new word and a new message. And so it seems to be parallel even in our day the number of churches and even religious bodies that are distancing themselves from the blood of Jesus. It's amazing how many even in our own culture that are no longer in, 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 impressed or touched by songs that have to do with the blood, but on the contrary, they, they say it's too barbaric and we are, we are too cultured. And we are too sophisticated to believe that blood is still necessary. There's got to be a a better way of worship. And so we live in a culture that has distanced itself from anything that has to do with blood or sacrifice. Because it it costs too much to have that kind of religion. It costs too much to believe in that kind of God. And so... It is with our day. We have a world that no longer loves to sing about the blood of Jesus. But I'm glad today we came into a church where that's very common. I tell you that life is still in the blood. And what men of that mindset fail to realize, all that they see in that was death. But the Word says that there is life in the blood. You may die, but you're going to live again because of the power of that blood. He said we are not redeemed by perishable things like silver and gold, but we are redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It is that blood that bought my salvation. It is that blood that covers my sin It is that blood that is still in my life. And I would like to turn the light up on the blood of Jesus Christ. And elevate again in your mind today and make you understand that if it were not for the blood, none of us would be in this place today. Come on, let's praise Him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Our world doesn't want anything to do with sacrifice, but sacrifice is part of any kind of real worship. And so Ahaz wanted a different kind of altar. I'd like to go back to the old altar. Amen. I'd said I would like to go back to because the old altar there was forgiveness there. There's no forgiveness at the new altar. There's no restoration at the new altar. It's just kind of a feel-good experience you're lifted up and your your ego is, is, is and, and you're made to feel better about yourself, but nothing's done about your personal problem. Nothing is done about your sin or or nothing is done about the wrong in your life. And what I would like to do is take somebody back to the old altar, because the old altar still works. There's still forgiveness at that altar and there's still restoration at that altar and there's still glory in that altar. I'd like to turn that light back up. I'd like for it to be elevated in our lives. I like it when we sing about the blood. To me it's not gory, it's life. It's where I've learned the blood of the Lamb. I am saved by that precious blood. I am thankful that I know something about that blood, that it's efficacious, that it's powerful, that it can cover, it can save any kind of sin, kind of sin, and there's still enough blood to cover all that's wrong in my life. Amen. I am thankful for the blood. One thing that I noted when I was reading this week of Ahaz, that I had not noticed the other day. The Bible says that he, left, he made the nation naked. He left the nation of Israel naked. What a terrible tragic thing to do to a people. To strip away from them their decency and their, their integrity. And we are living in such an hour as that right now. When the lamp of decency and morality has been put out. And everything that is ungodly and immoral is being I am amazed at how many are being taken in by the culture in which we live that less is more (laughs) or less is better. We live in an hour when the ungodly styles of our culture are making it more and more difficult to even walk down the street without seeing you really didn't want to see. Amen. The exposure of the ungodliness of this hour. The blatant display of carnality. And the reveling in that. The lamp has gone out in America when it comes to morality. And we live in a world where evil is being promulgated as light. And light is being turned away as darkness I am here to tell you today that what we need is somebody who's not ashamed to be decent and moral and godly. We need people that are not ashamed to stand forth in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation and show forth the glorious gospel in our life. Nothing in all the world illuminates like a fine Christian character. Christianity is certainly not words to be spoken, but a life to be lived. And though morality cannot produce a regeneration, a regeneration will always produce a morality. Amen. According to the scripture, the Bible said, He that doeth righteousness is righteous. We should be alarmed at the low moral tone of our day. And we should be alarmed that we live in a culture that elevates nakedness and makes it a thing uh, to be desired. There is no place in the world in which we live for cleanness anymore. Amen. And if you live clean, you are looked at as an oddball. Well, I'll just be an oddball. Amen. I just decided a long time ago. I'd rather be like him than anything that I've seen in this world. Amen. And my Bible says that he's holy. And so I should be holy in my conversation, in my actions. My human nature cannot be allowed to rule in my life because my nature is perverse. But I must bring it under submission. We live in an all-time high for low living But wouldn't it be great if there was a light that began to burn in this area of Houston where godliness was elevated and purity was elevated and honesty was elevated. There can never be enough light on that subject, my friend. When holiness becomes a part of my life, I desire it because of Him. I want to be like Him. Amen. Not just a Sunday holiness, but an everyday holiness. Far too many want a good mixture of the world and God, and they think that they can live good that way, but the truth is you don't live good that way. Amen. Somebody take me back to an altar and reintroduce me to light and help me understand that in a wicked hour when darkness is being elevated. Let me remind you that God separated darkness from light for a reason. He separated because He didn't want you to be confused about what it was. And I don't want to come to the place where I'm willing to mix the two and try to make something new. I'd like to go back to the old path and the old altar and remind myself that it still takes the blood of Jesus Christ. There is no remission or forgiveness without him. It still takes the name of Jesus to be. It it takes that wonderful name not only over my life, but in baptism it takes that name. Amen. Would you lift your hands and praise the Lord right now? Oh, Lord, we love you today. We thank you for your mercies. Thank you, God, for your grace. Thank you for your strength and help. The Lord. Amen. You, you understand me this morning when I tell you that we live in a very dark hour. We live in a day when men are proud of their evil. But somewhere somebody's got to lift up a lamp and let it burn brightly. A lamp of godliness and purity of holiness. A lamp that lifts up the name and a lamp that elevates the purpose of Jesus Christ. By keeping that lamp burning, there can be hope for an ugly, evil hour. If we can keep the light burning, then this light will give hope for the hopeless. Somebody out there in that darkness right now is really tired of that darkness. And when they come into this place, they don't need to be confused about what is here. They need to be able to see a light shining. They're not ashamed of the name. They're not ashamed of the blood. They're not ashamed of calling Him by His name. They're not ashamed of identifying themselves as being a separate and godly people. There's something about that light that I need in my life. Amen. Come on, lift up your voice and stand with me right now and let's praise Him together. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, God, help us to lift up a light in this dark and evil hour. Amen. I was amazed this week at some of the things that, I, that came across the news of what was being uh, promoted as important. And I thought, Lord, how sick this hour how sick our culture is and a sick world needs a healthy church amen a sick world needs a church that's not afraid to be identified with him you you know you and i and i've kind of jumped through some things today but you understand that one of the lamps that the world would like to put out is the lamp of doctrine They don't want you believing anything for sure. They don't want you convinced that anything is right. And they will tell you that our world is too big for there to only be one God over all this. There's too many cultures involved. There's too many different types of nationalities and people. There's got to be more than one God. And so they have elevated the idea that Our world needs multiple gods, but my word says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, Lord. I I don't find that I need any other God. Because the other gods that I've noticed can't keep their head up when they come into His presence. Amen. When he was brought into the presence of Dagon, Dagon was the great God of the Philistines. He couldn't, Dagon couldn't even keep his posture in the presence of that holy God. And when they came in the next morning, he had fallen over on his face. Who wants to serve a God that can't stand on his own two feet? (laughs) Man, but the Lord God Almighty... And there's a name that goes with that God. That name is Jesus. God is Spirit, I understand. And I realize that there's a lot of folks that will argue with you about Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Well, let me just say this. The Bible says that a spirit hath not flesh and bone. And so when we come to God... We understand that he is an eternal spirit that fills everything, the universe, and he's everywhere all at one time. But when he chose to identify himself with man, he made one body, one body, one person, and he indwelt that body, and he put all of the fullness of his Godhead into that one body. So that when you get to heaven You're not going to have to worry about Whether you're going to please all three You're going to get all three in one There's only one throne there The Bible said in Revelation chapter 4 I saw a throne and one who sat on the throne The world would like to tell you That that's not possible But I'm here to tell you it is He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. He is Alpha and Omega, beginning and end, the first and the last. He that was and He that is to come. He's the everlasting God. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to keep that light burning. You say, but Brother Hughes, Jesus' name offends somebody. No, it doesn't. It only offends those who don't understand what that name represents. That name represents all power in heaven and earth. And that name is so powerful that when you speak that name, demons tremble. And by the way, did you know that the devil is a one God devil? He believes there's one and trembles. Amen. The devil ought to know something because he used to be something other than the devil. He used to be the choir master of heaven. So if anybody ought to know anything about the Godhead, Lucifer ought to know something about the Godhead. Oh, yes. And he does. He said there's one God. And that one God has manifested Himself to us in Jesus. And when you say Jesus, you say all that needs to be said from beginning to end From the first to the last And everything in between I want to lift up that name of Jesus I want to turn that light up that, that name's still important It's still the only saving name There is no other name under heaven Given among men Whereby we must be saved That at the name of Jesus Every knee shall bow And every tongue shall confess Amen I'm thankful this morning that I have been introduced to that God of the universe who loved me so much that He would wrap Himself in flesh and die for my sins, And then He would in turn come back and pour Himself into me through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God in us. Amen. The Holy Ghost. The Spirit of Almighty God in us. Amen. What a wonderful light to live by. The mighty God in Christ. Amen. What a wonderful revelation when you come to understand that He's all I need. He's all in all. Amen. He's the beginning and the end. And He's everything in between. Help us to keep that light burning. Help us, God, to never be ashamed of the holiness that we represent That there's people in this world that are sick of immorality and ungodliness. They are. And when they come through these doors, they need to see a light burning. Amen. Not an oddity or peculiarity just for the sake of being odd and peculiar, but a light that shines. Oh, yes. A light that reminds them. There is an altar where sins can be forgiven, where life can be restored. Where hope can be brought back Amen You're here today Because of the blood You ought to lift your voice And thank Him that that blood Has been sufficient for you Come on, praise Him right now Hallelujah Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord Blessed be the name of the Lord Amen There's one other light that I think we've got to keep burning and that is the the light of his second coming. I still believe the Lord is coming back after a church that's made itself ready. And I, I that's that's the blessed hope that I live by every day that this could be the day the Lord comes. Now I don't know all about eschatology and and all of the Uh, Things That some of these men know I just know he's coming again And I don't think It's going to be very long I think the signs that he has Given to us are evident That soon and very soon We're going to go to see The king Amen If that does not encourage you this morning I would challenge you to lift your hand To him right now and say God help me I want that hope in my heart Amen. The hope of a better life beyond here, beyond today, beyond this moment. An eternal life. Hallelujah. God, all over this building right now, there are people standing here today. They're here by the grace of God. They're here by your mercy. They're here because of the blood that never lost its power. It still heals. It still delivers. It still sets free. It still cleanses. It restores. Lord, I'm thankful for that lamp today. Help me to never let that light go out, Lord. Oh, Lord, if there's anybody here today that's sitting in darkness, would you let that light shine in their heart right now? The glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. That they can be born again of the water and of the Spirit. That they can be renewed, revived They can be restored, whatever their situation might be. As every head is bowed and everyone is praying, I wonder if there's anybody here this morning that says, God, I I need you today. I need your hand upon my life. And you'd be willing to slip out and meet me here at this altar. We'd take a moment to pray with you before we left here today. You don't have to leave here wondering where tomorrow is going to take you. You can leave here knowing that whatever tomorrow holds, I'm ready. I've got my hand in His hand. He's got His hand in mine. Yes, come on, let's pray right now, church family. Yes, Lord, I need you right now. I want my heart and life to be ready. Should that moment come today, should that hour strike today, that my life would be ready and I would be prepared for the coming of the Lord. Oh Lord, today that I would not put off my opportunity to get my heart right with you.